Hello and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Monday and this is day 35 of our 40-day journey through the season of Lent. We began this season by hearing the truth about our sin and the limits of our own powers, about our own mortality. But we also hear the clear promise of God's steadfast and abiding love for us, the amazing grace of God that has saved us in Jesus Christ our Lord. As we start our journey through Holy Week, we will explore the passion of our Lord according to the Gospel of Matthew. We begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, O God, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Praise to the blessed and holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God who gives us life, salvation, and resurrection. The Son of Righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. A reading from Matthew, chapter 26. We read verses 6 through 16 this morning. Now while Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very costly ointment, and she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. But when the disciples saw it, they were angry and said, Why this waste for this ointment could have been sold for a large sum and the money given to the poor? But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? She has performed a good service for me. For you always will have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. By pouring this ointment on my body, she has prepared me for burial. Truly I tell you, wherever the good news is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in remembrance of her. Then one of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What will you give me if I betray him to you? They paid him thirty pieces of silver, and from that moment he began to look for an opportunity to betray him. The woman who anoints Jesus' head with costly perfumed ointment performs an act of worship so outstanding that Jesus asks us to always remember and to tell the story of what she has done. It is the only act of love and adoration toward Jesus we will see until his body is removed from the cross by Joseph of Arimathea, 
and wrapped in a linen and laid in Joseph's own tomb. So there are two acts of worship in this story, this part of the story, both in honor of Jesus' body at its death, one that anoints him before it, the other after. And both are acts that express both their faith and their love. But this woman's act of faith and love towards Jesus is criticized, criticized even by the disciples as a waste. You hear this a lot even today. People think that faith in action is about doing something beyond worship, as if worship were some kind of waste of time and waste of money, where the the real action uh, is out there. Just as the disciples said, maybe gathering up and giving money to the poor. And yet the worship of God is the goal and the purpose of life. When God claimed Israel out of slavery in Egypt to be God's own people, God led them to the mountain to worship the Lord. In Christ Jesus, we have now been set free to worship God in spirit and in truth. Now the true worship of God does overflow in our love for our neighbor, and our love for our neighbor inspires our constant care for the poor. The poor will be with us always until Christ comes again, and we need to give and give generously to make their lives even a little better. But in these unique moments, when Christ is present for us, for our sacrifice of time and our treasure to the glory of God, is what faith rightly does. The act of worship is the foundational act of faith and love. It is how we respond to God's amazing grace. Judas, I think, never really gets this. There is no way for us to know what truly leads Judas to betray Jesus. Maybe it's his love of money. John says so. Maybe it's also Jesus' own lack of action. Jesus pointing out this act of love and adoration by this woman, this, this embarrassment to him and to the disciples of this display. Maybe that is what drives Judas to seek to betray Jesus. Maybe it's Jesus' refusal to be the Messiah that he imagined or envisioned, holy and aloof, or a Messiah of action and violence, but never love. So Judas trades Jesus for silver. What is our price for betrayal or denial? A good way to tell might be to think of what we do instead of gathering to hear God's word and receive the sacraments. What is more important than our worship of God. Now, we must also note that Judas's betrayal is not unforgivable. Jesus stands ready to forgive us daily for the many ways that we fail also in our trust and our love for him, for allowing these many things to get between us, to being led off of our path of following Jesus. But that's why Jesus has come into this world to forgive us of our sins and to restore us into this right relationship with God so that we might once again love and trust in God above all things, just like the woman who anoints Jesus right before he dies. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. 
This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the gift of relationship with others, and for the communion of faith in your church. For who else, for what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world, heal the hurts of all of your children, and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for those who govern the nations of the world, for people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare, for people who work for peace and international harmony, and for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction, for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land. For what else do we ask? We give thanks to you, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have protected us through the night from all harm and danger. We'd ask that you would also protect us today from sin and all evil, so that our life and our actions may please you. Into your hands we commend ourselves, our bodies, our souls, and all that is ours. Let your holy angels be with us, so that the wicked foe may have no power over us. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom, and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. Ever-living God, author of creation, we give you thanks for your gift of water that brings life and refreshes the earth. We bless and praise you, for by water and the word we are cleansed from sin and receive everlasting life. Join us again this day to the saving death of Christ. Renew in us the living fountain of your grace, and raise us with Christ Jesus to live in newness of life. For you are merciful, and you love your whole creation, and with all of your creatures we give you glory. Through Jesus Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, who gives you new birth by water and the Holy Spirit, and forgives you all of your sins, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. <laughs>